Fed restructures across the continent and we look at the East African continent intertrade hitting $10 billion. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. Your main story is brought to you by INM Bank, PLC, INM Bank Rwanda. We are on your side. World Bank Group President David Malpa says the debt crisis facing developing countries has intensified, adding that a comprehensive approach is needed to reduce debt, increase transparency and facilitate swifter restructurings so countries can focus on spending that supports growth and reduces poverty. Without it, many countries and their governments face a physical crisis and political instability, with millions of people falling into poverty. And this brings us to today's episode. Chachi Logutu, head economist for East African Egypt at IC Group, breaks down the debt situation on the continent and if the restructures across the continent will be as brutal as that of Ghana. Yeah, we've seen a number of countries defaulting in the continent, but most of the defaults that we've seen uh, over the course of the years has been on external debt. Uh, but what is the differentiating dif- dif- differentiating factor this time around, if you look at uh, the Ghana's uh, debt restructuring, is that it's also involving a domestic debt. And truth be told, uh, most of the people, I think the focus is on the external debt, most on the commercial, uh, the debt incurred in commercial terms, uh, that's on the euro bonds, uh, the syndicated loans. But most of the, and what is lost on most people is that even the domestic debt is commercial debt. Uh, I mean, if you borrow from uh, your domestic market, you're not borrowing on concessional terms. Uh, you're borrowing in commercial terms. And uh, that's one of the things that just gets lost uh, because the nature of uh, the debt default that we've seen so far has been on external debt. But what uh, really stood out in Ghana's case is how uh, the debt, uh, the domestic debt, in terms of the servicing of uh, domestic debt, it used to take a significant chunk of uh, the overall debt servicing cost. And if I look at, at some other countries, such as even Kenya, uh, Nigeria, they are more or less mirroring uh, what played out in a uh, Ghanaian case in terms of a significant chunk of uh, debt-serving cost is now to domestic debt holders. So, uh, and that's the differentiating factor. And uh, I think that, if you look at it, uh, is that um, this time round, uh, the debt restructuring is now incorporating a bit of um, domestic debt holders. And also the other thing, uh, a number of, uh, when we went into COVID and then there was the common framework, which basically was an avenue for countries which are a bit distressed, uh, they can now be able to negotiate with their commercial uh, debt holders, uh, at least to restructure their debt. Uh, Ethiopia, Chad, and uh, I think Zambia were the notable names in the continent that uh, opted to get into the common framework. We haven't seen much progress in terms of uh, realizing some debt servicing costs. Ethiopia's debt uh, that was to be uh, restructured or under debt suspension is actually coming to mature. Uh, so near is one of the countries which are which is debt is about to mature. So in that context, so um, but in short, we haven't seen much progress in terms of the common framework, at least to help alleviate the debt burden uh, to some of the African continent. But Ghana didn't take that route, so the route it took is now to uh, this 
what is expected to play out in the next uh, few weeks or months is on the external debt in terms of how it will go to restructure the euro bond uh, stock of its debt. So that's something we still haven't seen much details. It was preempted uh, uh, in the latter part of last year, but we could see some other details coming out in terms of external debt restructuring. And and when you look at the domestic debt restructuring, uh, the way the restructuring is now, all the domestic debt will now collapse into three or four bonds. And uh, this first year, there'll be no interest payments. Next year, the coupon will be at 5%. And then the following year, 2025, it will be maxed at 10%. And that's the maximum coupon payment that we'll be able to have on the domestic Ghanaian domestic debt. So, So that's quite brutal restructuring we haven't seen that and compared to where Ghanaian rates have been uh, coupon rates as high as 25 percent and then it's all coming down to 10 percent so that's quite brutal uh, but nonetheless it's a, a pain that they have to endure in the short term but in the long run it will be able to bring a bit some debt uh, sustainability so that's that's pretty much about the Ghanaian restructuring and how it's different from other African restructuring that we've seen over the last number of years. A quick view of the other stories making get into the podcast. Botswana's annual inflation rate rose to 12.4% in December of 2022, accelerating from 122 in the previous month as prices increased for both food and non-alcoholic beverages and transport. Meanwhile, costs remain steady for housing and utilities and miscellaneous goods and services. On a monthly basis, consumer prices were up by 0.4% rebounding from 0.8% fall in November. Wholesale inflation in Angola fell for the 11th straight month to 18.79% in December of 2022, decelerating further from 20.05% in the prior month and a peak of 31.2% in January of 2022. It's the lowest reading since November of 2019 and on a monthly basis, wholesale prices were up by 1.19% in December, the most in seven months after 1.1% rise in the prior month. The interregional trade among East African community partner states is on an upward trajectory. According to the ESC Secretary General Peter Mathuki, intra-ESC trade stood at $10.17 billion in September of 2022. This is up from $7.1 billion. Mathuki attributed the growth to political goodwill among the members of the East African community ESC heads of state and relaxation of COVID restrictions in the region, among other factors. He says high-level discussions among the heads of state had successfully led to the elimination of a significant number of non-tariff barriers that were hampering cross-border trade. This combined with other initiatives, he says, will play a critical role in increasing the level of inter-regional trade in East Africa to at least 40% over the next five years. It has been at less than 15% as compared to common markets such as the EU, which stands at over 70%. ESC's total trade with the rest of the world stood at $62 billion in the review period, with Mathuki saying there is still room to grow the value. And a quick look at the markets. Bitcoin jumped more than 3% to $18,000 after it was reported that more than $5 billion in liquid assets were recovered by FTX lawyers, including cash and digital assets, adding to the bullish tone was an overall appetite for riskier assets on prospects that softening inflation would allow the Federal Reserve to slow down the pace 
of its aggressive monetary policy. Similarly, the second largest token by market capitalization, Ethereum, also traded higher, rallying over 4% to above 1,400 US dollars. Bitcoin lost more than 6% of its value in 2022, well above its all-time high of nearly 70,000 US dollars in November of 2021, as soaring inflation and tightening financial conditions spooked investors. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit our website, that is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial, and you can find me at the Dome.